This podcast is brought to you by MediShare, affordable and biblical health care sharing. Visit MediShare.com slash unpacking it. You deserve affordable, reliable health care. It's MediShare. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast. A show that brings meaning and purpose to the fantasy season. It's our hope to help you win your league. But more importantly, we want to encourage you in your faith. Together, we'll unpack fantasy, faith, and life. Now, from his mic to your ears, here is Bryce Johnson. This is the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast presented by MediShare. I'm Bryce Johnson. This is the final episode of this season, and we'll be back in a few months as we gear up for the 2022 fantasy season. But today's show is an opportunity for Harrison Zuckerberg and I, he'll join us in in a moment, to take a look back at this past season, but more importantly, look toward next year and and so we're gonna just talk about some of the initial kind of thoughts and and reactions from this season and how it, it will affect our off-season preparation for next year and and maybe wondering are, are are any of our principles or fantasy philosophies changing based on this season and so we'll have some fun throughout the show today and and as always we'll unpack fantasy faith, and life. As I told you on last week's episode, we finished up the Fantasy Football Fellowship playbook. And so we did basically 20 weeks of of different lessons or sessions that that take a fantasy concept and relate it to a biblical principle and and, and some verses and scripture uh, from the Bible. And so today we'll do a a quick review of the year. And, And so just some high level reminders as we, uh, again, take a look back at last year and, and be encouraged moving forward. Uh, before we say hello to Harrison, uh, I want to thank our presenting sponsor of this podcast, MediShare. Uh, my wife and I, we've been MediShare members for over five years. MediShare is an innovative healthcare solution for Christians looking to save money without sacrificing on quality, and they are the nation's largest healthcare sharing community And so MediShare members take comfort in knowing their eligible medical expenses will be shared by their community. And and so it's a a wonderful setup and just a a great way to pay for health care. And so affordable, effective. You can find out if it's the right answer for you and your family. Uh, Text the word UNPACK to the number 201201. You'll get a link with some some information uh, on on MediShare.com slash unpacking it. And, and be able to uh, figure out if it is the right fit. So again, text the word UNPACK to the number 201201. So thanks to MediShare for jumping on as the presenting sponsor of this Fantasy Football Fellowship podcast. Uh, we're glad to have them and very thankful. All right, so let's say hello to Harrison. And Harrison, you were a part of multiple Fantasy Football Fellowship leagues and most of our leagues ended in week 17, but the 32-man league 
Uh, we did two of those this year, and those ended in week 18, and both of our teams uh, fell short. However, we got to congratulate Brian and the Los Angeles Rams. They won one of the leagues, and then the uh, Cincinnati, so he, he beat the Cincinnati Bengals, and then the Kansas City Chiefs and Steve Paulson, they won the other league and defeated the Green Bay Packers in a tight matchup. So the Rams blew away the Bengals because they were resting players, had guys out with COVID. So that was an unfortunate championship game, uh, but a really fun, unique league, the 32 team league where, so you're a, a fantasy owner of one NFL team's roster. And so Brian had the Rams all year, Stafford, Cooper cup, OBJ got him late in the season um, and then made a run throughout the fantasy playoffs so uh, so pretty cool. So shout out to those guys for winning. Uh, and so all four of our leagues are, are done. Uh, I was able to, to, to win the auction league. Paul won the standard league and then Brian and Steve. So uh, if you listen to this podcast and you were not in any of those leagues this year, uh, hopefully you'll join uh, one or two of those next year and, and, and can be a part of uh, what we do here at Unpacking It and, and here at Fantasy Football Fellowship. So, uh, Harrison, any takeaways from the 32 league and, and surprised uh, by the Rams and, and Chiefs, or is that that makes pretty good sense? Yeah, I mean, all four of those teams make pretty much good sense because they're top offenses in the NFL. But I think what's interesting is it just shows how important it is to actually, you know, set and manage your fantasy lineups and, you know, who's going to be the guy that catches the touchdown this week, what running back's going to get it in the end zone. Uh, when they when they're on the one yard line and we had four different teams so yes. I think that pretty, like it's same not league. just same same setup same team right. exactly. and what's even more interesting about that is the number one you know scoring team in the uh, NFL this year was the Cowboys was not Ooh. one of the four teams so those were all I guess not upsets or surprises but it's not always who scores the most points but you know how you set your lineup and how they're scored each each week too yeah and it's a it's a, a longevity thing uh as well so it's a fun league we do it uh we've done it now the last two years this year we added actually an extra league so uh so so pretty cool stuff all right the other question today to throw out to you as a listener what league rules league formats are you embracing based on what you did this past year maybe ideas that you're looking to explore you're trying to get your commissioner to, to make some changes. Uh, I'm very curious to hear what those ideas are. Um, and, and so we'll throw out a couple of them uh, later in the show. But, uh, but you can shoot me an email, Bryce at unpackingit.com, and, and let me know some of those ideas, Bryce at unpackingit.com. But as we, we reflect on next year, looking toward, ne- toward this coming year, uh, what did you learn, Harrison? What, what are some of the... The, the takeaways that, that are affecting your fantasy preparation and, and affecting the offseason? So I think the main takeaway for me is as fantasy owners, we always want to get so excited about the second year and third year players, the young guys who are going to take a jump forward and, and make a big impact. We were thinking about Brandon Ayuk this year. We were thinking about Jerry Judy, um, you know, and, and we didn't really you know, look at some of the other veterans who are being taken in similar draft spots as those young guys. And the veterans were the guys who ended up having the breakout seasons. That's what I learned this year. It's not the young guys that necessarily break out all the time, but this year it was veterans taking advantage of new opportunities. You talk about Cooper cup, getting a new quarterback in LA, 
Leonard Fournette, you know, he was on Tampa Bay last year, but really taking the role as his own as the starting running back this year. Austin Eckler getting a new offensive coordinator, getting utilized a little bit differently. James Conner on a new team in Arizona broke out. Same thing with Cordero Patterson. And then Debo Samuel, I guess his new opportunity for the year was just being healthy for a whole season <laughs> instead of getting injured in week five. But all those guys were guys who had been, you know, around in the league for a little bit. And we, we thought we knew what their fantasy potential was. And they sort of broke through the ceiling and hit a different level this year that not a lot of guys expected. Yeah, no, those are great names and, and good perspectives. The only one that I, and, and, and I know you're going to take a look at how do we replicate some of these guys and who could be the next Cooper Cup you know, next year. The, the one name, though, Cordero Patterson, there is no predicting that. That is totally out that, of the blue. And, yeah. and to, to try to replicate that, to try to, oh, I, I saw that coming or I'll see it coming the next time. Nope, it's just not going to happen. It's, it was so outrageous. I mean, he was a kick returner, barely hanging on in the league. I mean, he's been in the league, I don't know, five, six, seven, a while. Like, he's a clear veteran in the league. Um, so to try to replicate that is very difficult. I would even say Donta Foreman is a little bit more realistic. Like, you know, who's a, a, a prized guy, even Rashad Penny, like who's somebody that was drafted high or somebody that, that there were high expectations for even Laquan, Laquan Treadwell, like those guys have at least, uh, you know, a, a, a former uh, trajectory that, that, that we wondered about track record. There you go. Um, so, so those types of guys, but again, with Cordell Patterson, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. So, um, but I am curious to get your thoughts on, on who some of those names are uh, that could that could be those guys. So so who jumps out? Who who could be the next Cooper Cup or or maybe the the Debo Samuel? So for me, there's a lot of guys, you know, obviously that we have to look at because we can't say one for sure. Because if we knew for sure who it would be, they'd be the number one overall draft pick next year, which Cooper Cup obviously wasn't. Um, but the first guy that really jumps out for me is Deontay Johnson on Pittsburgh, and. He's a guy where he has been the clear number one target there in Pittsburgh, despite them having a ton of weapons, despite Juju Smith-Schuster being there, you know, despite them having Najee Harris and Fryer Muth. Um, he has been the number one guy there having 144 targets two years ago and then 169 targets this year, which is just insane. And he's been productive with Big Ben, who's probably been one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL for the last two years. You know, Big Ben's going to retire now. Either, depending on who that new QB is in Pittsburgh, and you would have to think that would be a very desirable place for one of the top QBs if they were to move somewhere to go to because of the weapons, because of Mike Tomlin there as a coach, because they have a top defense in the league. Like if you put a top QB there, you are a Super Bowl contending team. You know, Deontay Johnson's a guy, high target numbers, similar to Cup. He has a a lot of after-the-catch potential and making guys miss and breaking off big plays, a lot like Cup. If he gets an upgrade at QB, like Cup did from Goff to you know Stafford, from Big Ben to, to someone else, I think that could be the guy being taken in the third, fourth, fifth round, depending on the league, that could really jump up to be you know a top three wide receiver if everything goes oh. right for him. That's that's interesting. I think that's I think that's fair. And you know, hearing the name Matt Ryan is interesting. Could he go to Pittsburgh? Oh, Russell Wilson. We still they, they're saying he's coming back to Seattle. I don't totally buy yeah, that. You know, Deshaun Watson's that, trade still needs to get figured out. There's a lot of Kirk Cousins could be on the move with the new head coach in Minnesota, which would certainly be an upgrade over. There's a lot of dominoes to fall in that QB market. 
I, I would be intrigued to see Kirk Cousins go to Cleveland and and reunite mm. with Stefanski, but they seem all in on on Baker Mayfield at least as of today. And so, if that is the case, I don't want Browns wide receivers. That's for sure. No. <laughs> um, and you know, Nick Chubb, I think is great either way. So he's he's one of those guys in the prime of his career. He, he's really good. But uh, but you're right. I am I'm I'm curious to see where the Vikings go from here. And so we're going to talk about coaching situations in a moment, but a couple other just kind of reactions from the season where, you know, I've been playing a long time. So there's certain like principles and philosophies that I've operated with for a while. And I'm always hesitant about rookies. Now I like rookie running backs. Uh, if you can get them like the, the guys that you can get as a steal, like late rookie running backs, because if they come in and get a chance, running backs can, they're plug and play. Um, you know, I mentioned Dante Foreman, who just comes off the off the street and and had a nice finish for the Titans, filling in for for Henry. Um, and so guys like that can can do that. Whereas drafting rookie wide receivers, drafting rookie tight ends makes me very nervous. However, this year, Jamar Chase, Waddle, St. Brown. I mean, those guys were studs, elite fantasy production. Now, St. Brown was limited. Um, Chase had some down weeks, but man, his, his great weeks were unbelievable. So the question becomes, does that change my perspective? And, and I have to say, no, I, I still, I'm not willing to chase the next rookie star. And, and, and I don't think a Jamar Chase actually comes that often either. So, so to try to get that guy next year, now all of a sudden I'm, I'm drafting a, a rookie wide receiver early. I, I just can't do it. I got to get guys that are proven and more to, to what you're talking about, you know, the guys like Cooper Cup that can take the jump, the Deontay Johnson that have already shown enough to where, all right, even their, you know, floor, their or even floor is are, very safe. Yeah. Exactly. You know, because with, with rookies, I mean, you look back to Justin Jefferson year, he was on waivers, but Justin Jefferson and Jalen Rager were taken right next to each other. And they were probably at the end of fantasy drafts if someone wanted to take the two of them. You know, it's not like Justin Jefferson was in a clearly better situation than Jalen Rager was. Jalen Rager's, you know, floor is not even playable in fantasy, no. whereas, you Rosterable. know, yeah, or yeah, where if you're taking a mid round vet, you're like, all right, well, he may not have this top 10 season I was hoping for, but he's not going to finish, you know, out of the top 30 wide receiver group, which is the risk that you take with a rookie that they're really just not involved at all. Yeah. And that, that's so that's my that's my concern. So I'm, I'm not changing on that. The other philosophy is. I, I don't like drafting my own handcuffs to running backs. So I drafted Austin Eckler this year. I did not draft Justin Jackson. I didn't want to store him on my roster from the draft on um, because to me that was a that would have been a waste. It's, a, it's almost like a duplicated spot. Like I'm not maximizing my my bench when I draft. I want to you know kind of roll the dice on somebody else's handcuff either as a trade piece or if they're, if the starter does go down now, all of a sudden, if, if Eckler's healthy too, I have extra running backs and now I have more of a, a depth. However, this year in the first round of the fantasy playoffs, I ended up picking up Justin Jackson and I just got kind of lucky. Nobody else had him that I was able to put him into my starting lineup when Eckler went down. And so that worked out really well for me that I did play the, the, the handcuff. So again, does that change my philosophy on things? No, not really. I'm glad I didn't have 
Jackson all year long. And when I needed him, I went and got him. And, and I think I'm okay riding with that moving forward. Now, I know plenty of fancy people disagree. I don't know where you come out on that. Well, I, I would completely agree with that if it's to the point where, you know, the starter that you have is really injury prone or their backup has, you know, standalone fantasy value. Like Justin Jackson, I wouldn't roster just because, you know, Eckler's pretty solid and Jackson's not getting any carries unless Eckler's injured. So you could pick him up off waivers because no one else is going to be rostering him that doesn't have Eckler. But True. if you have Zeke as your starting running back, there's no picking up Tony Pollard off waivers the week that no. Zeke gets injured. He might be someone you want to stash. And it could be fine because if they have a good matchup, we saw Pollard and Zeke both had weeks where they were productive at the same time. So that's something, or even like Madison with Dalvin Cook. He's some got he's involved even when Cook is healthy as well. Um, so those situations, I would say, sure, you can take a handcuff, but I would agree. I would not take, you know, five Christian McCaffrey this year, Chuba Hubbard, which may have worked out if you did that, but getting a workhorse running backs backup usually doesn't work out too well because you could pick them up off waivers. Yeah. And you end up, you're like, Oh, I got to get him before anybody takes him. And so you end up drafting them too high. And so it's just a, it's a tricky thing. Drafting handcuffs. That, that's, that's where, that's kind of my perspective on that. And then the last thing um, I, I learned this year, well, I just was reminded this year that the depth of wide receivers is there. Like you, you just, you don't have to draft a ton of wide receivers. Like you want to get a couple solid ones that you can really count on, but you don't have to stash a bunch of wide receivers on your bench. Um, you can, you can get the replacement level player on the waiver wire throughout the season. Um, and so, you know, for me, I drafted Cooper cup, Michael Pittman, Brandon cooks, and Jerry Judy. And so, Three of those four guys were very solid for me, but I really didn't need any other receivers. Like I just rode with those guys. And so I didn't have to play the, I didn't even really need to play the waiver wire game, but some people will, you know, you'll load up on, on wide receivers and, and that kind of thing. Again, I'd rather load up on backup running backs and roll the dice that, that I'll have a, a, a potential starter later in the season. So and I would agree with that as well, because you can't find a running back off waivers you know, every week who's going to be putting up 15 points, but there's nearly three to four wide receivers on waivers every week who are going to be scoring over 15 points. And you can notice when guys have trends, like you could have great wide receivers and still have picked up Braxton Berrios from the jets for your playoffs, because he's coming off, you know, four straight games where he's had over 10 points and is going to be super involved. And I guarantee you, no one was drafting Braxton Berrios in their fantasy oh. drafts this season. No, but he's a guy I, th I think you are interested in him as well mm -hmm. uh, going into next season. He's one of those guys a little under the radar because it's like you, you write him off because he's he's with the Jets and maybe he's kind of third in the pecking maybe, order. But maybe Renfro 2.0 is, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So I, I'm, I'm intrigued by him as well. Uh, he finished really strong, finished the season strong. Um, all right, so the other uh, guy I was going to ask you about, so you mentioned, uh, you know, Debo Samuel. How do we replicate that? Is there a, uh, a player that could maybe get overlooked because of injuries that you're going to target next year to, to make a similar kind of consistent jump the following season? Yeah, I think the one guy that stands out for me is A.J. Brown on the Tennessee Titans. I feel like a lot of people are going to feel burned this year and he's going to slip in drafts after the last two years not being completely healthy and not being healthy really at all this season. But much like Debo Samuel early in his career, like when he plays, 
He is fantastic when he plays. It's just about staying healthy for him. And looking at this Titans team, again, next year, going to be a really run-heavy team with Derrick Henry, like the 49ers are. Not the greatest quarterback in, in the world in Ryan Tannehill, but good enough, just like Jimmy Garoppolo. And what A.J. Brown's bread and butter is, is taking short catches and, you know, taking a five-yard slant and turning into a 70-yard touchdown because he breaks tackles a lot like Debo does. And I think that's going to be the key for A.J. Brown is replicating sort of the same thing that Debo did this year in taking some short passes and making explosive plays out of them. We've already seen him do it. He's going to be a guy that slips into, you know, that fourth, third, fourth round category where people are drafting as a wide receiver two or even three because no one wants to take him as a wide receiver one with the injury risk. But if he plays the whole season like Debo did, and that's, you know, a big risk, but it it, it can happen. He can stay healthy for a whole season. He could be another top five wide receiver that sort of comes in those mid rounds. That's a great one. And I I'm confident in drafting AJ Brown at a discount. You know, I think I think it's it's worth going after him. Now, certain guys that that burn you because of injuries, and and I I try my best to avoid you know injury prone players. Like Will Fuller shouldn't be on any fantasy rankings next year. He might not even be in the league next year. But like those types of guys that are always injured, you got to move on from them. Like it's just not. It, there's no consistency. Uh, the uh, Jordan Reed, the tight end. Remember, he was always injured. And you feel yep. bad for these guys, yep. but it's just always the case. Like, oh, no, this is going to be the year Jordan Reed. Eh, I don't know. But with A.J. Brown, the talent there is just so much. And and we've seen him, you know, put together long streaks of, of consistent production. So, absolutely, I'm willing to go for him. Now, along those lines, bounce back candidates. And, and based on injuries and, and then with Calvin Ridley, I'll put him in the mix as well. Uh, with what he was dealing with personally. So Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Michael Thomas. I mean, these are some big name guys that we'll all have to evaluate our willingness to take a risk, a willingness to, you know, reap the benefits of getting a talented guy. You know, how far do they slip? To me, Saquon Barkley, he'll slip till the second or third round. Most oh, likely. absolutely. Yeah. Um, but has the potential because we've seen it before to be a top three running back. So right. that'll be a very intriguing situation. And then as we talk too about, you know, what head coaches and what new quarterbacks affect offenses, of course, the giants are one of those teams. We've got to keep an eye out for as well. And they got to get a new GM to, to change things up there and get an offensive line. And so that changes things for Barkley too. Uh, but of those names, you know, who, who are you most excited for uh, having a bounce back year? You can add any other names as well. That, that, you, that you're targeting. Yeah, so I've never wanted to draft Saquon Barkley at any point, you know, in my fantasy career. Because rookie year, I, I was never I was have. worried about him. Second year, I'm like, oh, he's overhyped. In the next last three years, he's been injured every year. So I'm like, I've never even considered targeting him. But if Saquon Barkley's there in the, you know, third or fourth round, and I already have a solid RB1, and everyone's scared off because they don't think he's going to play at all, and because of the Giants, I'll take Saquon as my RB2 with that upside. I mean, I'm going to try to load up on running backs anyways. I'll get another guy the next round after that who can play if Saquon's out. But I think with Saquon, what's really key is, you know, this injury that he had last offseason is really a two-year injury. Like, he should not have been playing this year. I think that's why he was out and the production wasn't great. But I think, you know, next season, 2022, is when his body should be fully recovered. That's when the doctors say it should be fully recovered. And if that's the case, that's, you know, 
someone, even though the Giants going to have a really bad offense, he's put up numbers in a really bad offense. Running backs put up numbers in bad offenses. I think he could be a bounce back candidate. And then Christian McCaffrey's injury, uh, interesting too, because, you know, I think like we almost might need to give Christian McCaffrey the Saquon Barkley treatment that we've had for the last three years, where it's like, if he plays, he's no doubt a top five running back, but the injury concerns, they're there with Christian McCaffrey at this point. Like he has not been able to stay healthy the last two years. And when he has been healthy, he's been great for fantasy, but we saw the first three weeks of the season, he was getting about 22, 23 carries per game. You know, the little four week intermediate in the beginning, like midway through the season, when he came back between his two injuries, he was getting about 15, 16 carries per game. Still getting tons of receptions, so he puts up fantasy points. But if he's going to be on and off injured, the rushing totals, I'm expecting to take a hit, especially when we see how good Chuba Hubbard is as a backup. We don't need to give Christian the ball 25 times a game. He can be you know, an elite receiver and split carries with Chuba. He may not have that number one or two fantasy upside, but could still be a great you know, four, five, six in the running back you know, rankings. But we're going to see people take him number two, maybe even number one, number three overall, like people did with Saquon these last couple of years. Yeah, I think it's risky to draft him even in the first round. Yeah, like if he if he's if he is a, you know, last like end of the first round, like pick nine or even coming around like second or first pick of the second round where you can stack him with someone else who's a little bit safer. I would love to take Christian McCaffrey then because he has the upside of being the number three running back in fantasy. But if you're asking me to take Christian McCaffrey over Jonathan Taylor, I feel more confident about Derek Henry's injury because it's just, you know, was a one-time thing rather than repeated Um, some other breakout running backs. Like it's going to be hard to convince me to take him with a top four or five pick this year. Yeah, I, I don't think I will, and I'm a Panthers fan, but I maybe because I see it, <laughs> I see and hear it, it up close here because the depends on what they do with the offensive line, depends on the new offensive coordinator. Uh, do they use McCaffrey in the slot like that? That's being talked about. So now he's he's used in the passing game, of course, but even kind of more so with that focus of converting him into a more consistent wide receiver. Uh, that's intriguing. I think I, to. to for some longevity, that may be the case. And so what if he what if McCaffrey got wide receiver eligibility in fantasy? Well, well, now, then I feel like that would be really interesting because no other wide receivers. Awesome. Yeah. That would be all if he got because wide receiver. Patterson, did he have that? Did, some I, leagues he did. I think I, in yeah, ES he switched him to running back like halfway yeah. through the year, but Yahoo and some other ones, they kept him as a wide receiver. There's value in that too. Um, now, if McCaffrey gets wide receiver eligibility, which I'm not sure if that will happen because, you know, the world would still view him as a running back, I would honestly move him up then because that's yeah. like almost like Travis Kelsey positional advantage where no other wide receiver is going to be getting, you know, eight receptions a game and also 15 carries. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And that's why, you know, running quarterbacks have so much value too because mm-hmm. that, that dual uh, stat filling from a fantasy perspective. And then you throw in the fact that, well, uh, Taysom Hill, when he got that tight end eligibility, that, that type of thing, that's, that's yeah. where you get that. Um, all right. So we got a couple other topics to, to get to, uh, but I do want to go and dive into the, the fantasy football fellowship playbook for a few minutes. And, and basically we we've gone through all the topics throughout the, the year 
And I just want to do a quick overview as an encouragement uh, to you as a, as a loyal listener. I imagine you've listened throughout the, throughout the season and, and hopefully, you know, even going back to the preseason when we began the, the fantasy football fellowship playbook uh, all about fantasy football experts and this idea that, you know, maybe you listen to us, maybe, uh, maybe we've got a little bit more information than, than you do, but ultimately we always say, Hey, we're more of coaches than experts, but we all read and listen to and watch fantasy experts to, to glean some information as we make lineup changes. And, and so the encouragement with that was, where are we finding our wisdom and who are we leaning on when it comes to spiritual matters and, and growing in our faith and understanding, you know, the Bible more, who are the wise quote unquote experts that we're listening to. And, and so we've got to, to evaluate that. So that that's how the season uh, began. And, and so it's important that we have wisdom. We talked about the chaos during a fantasy draft. How do we handle chaos in life? And are we finding our peace in in Jesus, and you know, we could relate to when we're on the clock during fantasy drafts. We, we experience that in life uh, many times daily, but then seasons of life get even more chaotic. But we can remain at peace even in the midst of the chaos. Um, and then you know we talk about what happens after draft day. We talk a lot about how important I'm. I'm a big draft guy when it comes to fantasy. But then what do we do after that? What what happens next? And throughout the season and roster changes and waiver wire and trades and all that sort of thing, lineup decisions. And so in life, when we receive Christ, we're, we're saved, we're forgiven, we surrender our lives to him. And, and then what? what? What are we going to do with the rest of our lives? How do, how do we respond to the, the grace and forgiveness that we've been offered through Jesus to then live an obedient life for him and a life that honors him and glorifies him? And so... That's what happens after that, that day of, of salvation where, where we finally say, all right, I can't save myself. I need you, Jesus, because of what you did on the cross uh, to save me. Uh, but then we continue to live uh, after that uh, here on earth. And, and then one day we get to be reunited, united uh, with him for eternity, um, which, I, which I can't wait for uh, one day. And then throughout the season, we talked about, you know, what is our... What is our perspective? What lens do we look at fantasy through? Is it more of a, you know, a risk averse mentality or we go for the boomer bust guys? And, and then what is our perspective on life? Do we look at it through a biblical lens or do we look at it through a selfish uh, worldly lens? Uh, we talked about surprising performances and, and how in fantasy guys come out of the blue and, and do something amazing and the way that God works in our lives in amazing ways when we think, man, I don't know how this is going to come through or I don't know what's going to happen, but God shows up. God provides. God opens up a door. Um, and then we talked about, you know, we can't panic in fantasy and make crazy decisions. In life, we, we, we don't want to panic. We want to trust God and remain at peace and make wise decisions, even as things look crazy and confusing. And, and oh, no, it, it gives us a reason to panic. Um, we talked a lot about, you know, uh, mis mistakes, poor decisions, you know, we not wanting to live with regret, not wanting to compound mistakes, wanting to learn from mistakes and move forward. Um, you know, we talked about rejection with trades. You know, how do we handle rejection in life? Do we know who we are in Jesus? Um, so that rejection, you know, we, we move on from it. It doesn't, doesn't derail us. We don't, 
you know, uh, linger there. Um, and then we all can relate to injuries in life and, and how do we handle the, the tough situations in life? Uh, again, are we relying on the strength and power of the Lord to get us through difficult situations? Um, just like fantasy guys, you know, we, and fantasy owners, we deal with the injuries and, and to, to remain, uh, remain calm, remain diligent, keep going, keep persevering, uh, even in the midst of injuries. And then sometimes throughout the fantasy season, we have to admit when we're wrong. And there, there's a, a, a great rhythm in our own lives of confession and, and admitting when we let people down and admitting to God when we, we disobey him and, and we fail and we slip, Come, coming before him, knowing that he offers grace and, and forgiveness. Um, we talked about leagues that where you know, one guy, his team's pretty bad, but he gives up. It's bad for the league. And so in life, we don't want to give up. Even when things seem bleak, we continue to seek the Lord. We continue to trust him, uh, knowing that he can move uh, in an amazing way. Oh, I'm getting choked up, getting choked up, need some water. Um, and then, so, uh, and then uh, lastly, you know, talking about, you know, fantasy loyalty, certain guys that, that we, we hang on to uh, too long. And at some point, it, it, we have to release that player. And, and so in life, there are certain things that, that we need to release. Uh, there are also certain people that maybe we don't spend as much time with. Maybe we don't keep them in our starting lineup. Uh, that we got to take a season to recognize that ah, maybe that person's a bad influence on us and they're taking us down a tough path. And so we, we got to go a different direction. And so we, we see that in fantasy. We see that in life. Yeah, last week we talked about validation. And, you know, we, we play fantasy to win, but ultimately that's not, that's not okay, then we move on. We, it's on to the next season. It's great. It's fun to win. It's fun to look at our, our rings. But, but if we're seeking validation in the wrong places in life, uh, we're, we're missing out from understanding where true validation comes from when we're, we're living to please God and, and knowing that because of what Jesus did for us on the cross, he died, rose again, and not based on anything we do, but based on uh, his sacrifice for us, we're forgiven and we're validated and, and we're in. We're, we're saved and, and we enter into uh, that unity with God through Jesus now and for eternity. And so we, uh, we cling to that. So there you go. There's a quick overview of the Fantasy Football Fellowship Playbook. We'd love to know what your favorite chapter was, what, what lesson maybe uh, impacted you the most. You can email me, Bryce at unpackingit.com. What topics would you like us to cover uh, next time around? You don't necessarily have to come up with the, uh, the correlation, but if you have an idea, we'd love to hear it from you. Uh, but just some even you know, biblical topics you'd like to hear about, uh, maybe even fantasy topics that could, could spur on some ideas. So, uh, so send me an email, Bryce, at unpackingit.com. All right, Harrison, was there a, a topic from the, the show this, this year that, that jumped out to you? Any uh, anyone your your favorite in particular? Yeah, I think the one about not giving up is is really key for fantasy managers because all that matters if you get into the playoffs, if you keep fighting to the end, anyone has a chance. I know in our league this year, I believe Henry, who made the playoffs, was like five and nine sneaking David. into like the la- or David was like five and nine, right? So he made it to the championship game. I mean. It is unbelievable how quickly something can turn with an injury or just one player starts breaking out. Like if you had Amon Ross St. Brown on your bench, your team wasn't doing well. 
then all of a sudden your team turns it around because he's putting up 30 point games. I think that's really an important lesson to learn in fantasy and in life as well. Like we should never give up about what the Lord's plan for us is. Like if we think that, you know, maybe not everything's going the way we should, we've had some disappointments out of nowhere, the Lord can work and, and just bring something amazing into our life. Like an Amon Ross St. Brown or Braxton <laughs> Brarios to uh, turn everything around and show us that his plan is, is great and is the best way. Amen. Amen. That's good stuff. Well, uh, there you go. So there's the Fantasy Football Fellowship Playbook. A couple other topics as we, uh, we wrap up this season and, and wrap up the podcast for now uh, before we return in a few months. The, uh, the most intriguing coaching changes, free agent decisions that you'll be monitoring from a, from a fantasy perspective are what? So I think the first one... Um, if we're talking about coaching changes, I think the Chicago Bears coach coaching opening is is a really good one and a really important one for fantasy. When we talk, even about, though you're a homer, it's fair. It's fair. Yeah, even talking about Justin Fields, you know, taking that next step as a, a very talented quarterback who can run, which is great for fantasy. Uh, Darnell Mooney is a guy that we really like this year who broke out and could have even possible another breakout depending on the offense and QB play. David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert's another talented running back there. Cole Komet could take a step as a tight end. I mean, that's a team where, you know, they've had, they were decent with Matt Nagy and Mitchell Trubisky with that roster, which is hard to do with those two guys leading your team. Now with a good coach and Justin Fields, this offense and the team in general, I you know feel like could have a really good season next year for fantasy. Um, and then another coaching position that I think would be really interesting is Minnesota because you talk about Dalvin cook, Justin Jefferson, Kirk cousins, Adam Thielen, um, Irv Smith, who was a guy who I liked a lot at tight end who was injured before season even started. There's a lot of weapons on that team as well, where if you get the right scheme there, you know, does Kirk cousins stay? Does he go? What type of environment is he in? If, if he stays with the head coach, that's another team that has, you know, top 10 offense potential with all those weapons there. So the team for me, the Denver Broncos, what direction do they go? And I think there's so much potential on that offense, but, but it's also one of those offenses that we've thought this for the last few years, and they've yet to make the change at quarterback. Vic Fangio, as good as he was defensively, they, they never turned the corner to, to, to really have that dynamic offense. And so there's still talent there with Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Noah Fant. Like, I don't think we can give up on those guys just yet. And then, of course, we, we saw what Javante Williams, Javante Williams is capable of. And absolutely, yeah. He should be a top, you know, first, second, third round draft pick next year in fantasy. He'll be unbelievable. But it's almost like if, if they get the right coach and the right quarterback, he almost, I mean, he could be a first rounder very easily. Yeah. I would feel comfortable taking him. Um, now, Melvin Gordon is a free agent. I think they should keep him. I think they have a, a good thing going there. And there's still a little left in the tank for Gordon, even if he takes a little bit more of a step back with Williams taking a step forward. Um, so I'd say that team, uh, definitely intriguing. Like we've talked about the Steelers, no, no question there at quarterback to see what they do. Um, I, I'm not sure. I'm still not real high on the, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I'm not sure a head coach changes too much but the fact that they looked as good as they did against Indy I guess gives you some glimmer of hope to at least keep an eye on them in fantasy next year uh so that'll be that'll be interesting and then uh I mentioned the Giants I still think they're intriguing um and then with Seattle does Russell Wilson stay 
And if so, what does that mean for DK Metcalf, who was you know, a little up and down this year, couldn't really quite figure that out. And then is Rashad Penny their guy? Does Chris Carson ever come back? Uh, so that'll be an interesting team. A lot of kind of domino effects uh, there as well. Um, and then if Atlanta, I don't know where they're seven and 10 this year, they finished seven and 10. They were better than I anticipated, but where do they go from here? Like is Cordero Patterson really their guy? Is Matt Ryan really their guy at quarterback? Uh, Does Ridley return there or do they trade Calvin Ridley, which is a possibility, give him a fresh start somewhere else. Um, So a lot to keep an eye out for. No question about it. Um, Does Michael Thomas return to new Orleans? Do they trade him somewhere else? Is Jameis Winston, the guy, Taysom Hill, where does he fit in moving forward? Is it crazy enough to think that Sean Payton could actually get traded to another team like the Chicago Bears? It's not out of the question. It seems, seems ridiculous, but... They, they talked about it this offseason. I remember there's rumors like second-round pick for Sean Payton. I, I love that. Of course, give me Sean Payton instead of Matt Nagy. But... That, that would change everything. So a lot, lot on the table uh, for sure. All right, last thing as we, we wrap things up, because I, I mentioned it. Uh, any fantasy league ideas that you want to explore during the off season as a commissioner to throw out to, you know, either start a new league or, or make changes. I know in my leagues that I've been in for a long time, it's hard to make drastic changes. So usually you have to start a whole new league, but what intrigues me is being in, in, in like a, a really crazy league. One that is out there where when you beat a team, you get to take their best player. So that's, that's fun. Um, I, I was talking to somebody today. When you enter the playoffs, all the playoff teams then draft players from all the non-playoff teams. Interesting. So, so that's, I, I like that. That's pretty fun. Um, you talked about last week on kind of a league-long league, league long, uh, point total or season-long point total, just the whole league. Uh, I think that's interesting. That's fun. I like best ball. Um, I think that's, I want to explore that a little bit more uh, next year. Anything for you, Harrison, what jumps out? I want to find a way to get players and just like systems in the game that, that matter more to actual football. Like how do we get punters in the game in a meaningful way? Cause special <laughs> teams is such a huge thing in the NFL. Like everyone's going no kickers, no defense. All I only care about is running backs and wide receivers, but like punters are so valuable in determining the outcome of games a lot. And even like head coaches too. Like if you started like, we kind of have that with defense a little bit, but if you had to pick a team to win in addition to setting your fantasy lineup, I think that could be interesting somehow. Um, but that's the, the trading players like, you know, at the beginning of the playoffs is, is an interesting thing to think about or taking someone from another, cause that matters so much more than, cause then you have like, you won't tank or a strategy that a yeah. lot of people do is have all their bye weeks on one week. So they'll intentionally lose, but then be, you know, set for the rest of the season. But if you get blown out one week because you have all your bye weeks and then, you know, you lose Jonathan Taylor because he was on yeah. bye, I mean, it makes every week matter. Yeah, I mean, it's fun because then you actually get to have different players throughout the season too. Like you add and subtract yeah. players that you but wouldn't the, normally get a The one to con with that though would be if your team starts out to like a slow 0-3 start, you probably have no chance of ever coming back then because your top three players are now no longer on your team. Like you almost have to win your first two weeks to have a shot later in the season. That's very true. Uh, Another thing that I haven't 
jumped on the bandwagon for is the super flex leagues mm-hmm. uh, where you can play I've two always, quarterbacks. I've wanted to try that. I felt like that would be interesting, especially now, like this season we saw there was so many viable quarterbacks, not necessarily elite, but viable where you could start, you know, two. Um, but yeah, that would be a really interesting uh, thing to do is have a two quarterback, two quarterback league. And then something like that, like, you know, throw Taysom Hill in there, even though he's not a prototypical quarterback, but he still gets rushing touchdowns and rushing yards and receptions as your second quarter. It could be an interesting thing to work with. Yeah. So I, I know that that's taken off a little bit for sure. Um, and then the last thing just to, to evaluate in leagues, how you do the waiver wire, a lot of different ways to do that. Uh, I was talking to somebody who they have to pay actual money for every waiver wire claim throughout or every like move that they make throughout the season. So it limits waiver wire action. So I'm not sure I'd like that. Um, but how do you even increase waiver wire action? Um, you know, do you do you freeze waivers for the first three weeks of the season? You know, like that's I think that's an intriguing option. Um, to then you kind of see how things play out, and then you can really evaluate at that point to uh, to figure out who you want for the rest of the season. Um, so a lot of different possibilities. So I'm always curious. I, I like. I think fantasy football continues to evolve and change. And, you know, there's certain things that remain the same, which is why we love fantasy football. Uh, but I'm always looking to adapt and try different things each year. So if you have any ideas, shoot me an email, Bryce at unpackingit.com. But more importantly here at Fantasy Football Fellowship, uh, we hope that we added more meaning and purpose to your fantasy season as a, a weekly encouragement as we, we did go through the playbook and and hopefully you enjoyed uh, being a part of this podcast, being a part of the the, the playbook, and those of you that, that joined the, the weekly calls that we did, the fellowship calls, that was a blast as well. And so uh, I encourage you to, to get more plugged in next year. Uh, hopefully you can use our resources and content for your own leagues, start a new league at your church, uh, let your church know about the, the content that we have, the book, and, and some of the other resources. So uh, keep us in mind, fantasyfootballfellowship.com. Again, any other suggestions, any other questions, shoot me an email, Bryce at unpackingit.com. Harrison, so great being with you every week throughout the season and, and really appreciate your insight, your knowledge, your, your great fantasy uh, advice, and, and, and just loved having you a part of the show. So great job. Thank you, Bryce. Love being on the show. I know I led some people uh, wrong with some of my takes, but hopefully I got more right than wrong if you listen to me. Um, and it's a learning thing. We're all learning here. We're just coaches, not experts. So it, it was a great right. season. Um, can't wait for next year. Absolutely. So we'll, we'll look forward to be back, uh, being back in a few months, and uh, we may even add some other wrinkles to the show uh, moving forward. So thank you for listening. Thanks to Harrison. Thanks to our producer, Chris. I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected and through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as fantasy owners, as sports fans, who follow Jesus together. Have a great off season. And we'll talk to you next time here on the Fantasy Football Fellowship podcast presented by MetaShare. If you haven't subscribed to the Unpacking It podcast, make sure you do that as well. We're available in Apple and Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are found. Thanks so much. Go fantasy football. Gosh, it's always sad when the season ends. I hate to say goodbye, but we must. Have a good one. Thanks. 